Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. Uh, the music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. This is the Enneagram 7 song. As you know, he did a song for each number. It's incredibly good. He's just one of my very favorites. So make sure you check out his stuff. Today on the show, you guys, this is incredibly special. My friend, Chris Rice, you may know him from his music. Maybe you, like I have listened to him for decades and have just loved his stuff. And he is one of my dearest friends here in Nashville. And we ran into each other on the sidewalk a couple of days ago and just decided to sit down and chat. And it is such an honor that he would do that because he doesn't do that very much. And so I'm really, really grateful. His new album, Untitled Him, a collection of hymns is just beautiful. Make sure you grab a copy. So whether you've been a friend of Chris's for a really long time or you're just meeting him today, I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. So here is my dear friend, Chris Rice. All right. Are you ready? No, Have you done all. podcasts lately? I've never done a podcast. <gasps> this is your first ever podcast? I've only done live, uh, yeah. Live and then interviews that are recorded for on for like uh, radio, but I've never wow. done an actual podcast. Chris Rice, <gasps> what an honor! It's a moment. It is a moment. I I mean, do you know a funny thing? You and I have been friends just about since I moved here, so mm-hmm. eleven years. And th- th- today, getting ready for this was the first time I was like, "Oh yeah, like, hey Annie, this is Chris Rice. <laughs> like, you're not just like Rice. Like, you're not just I'm my Rice. friend in the neighborhood. I know yeah. you are, but but it, it is." I hope that when people say things like that, like this to you, like I want to say of like, mm-hmm. your work has mattered to our faith for so long. That's cool to hear. Is that weird yeah, for not, you? Not weird at all. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the point of the work for sure. Right. And um, I think you've told me this in the past too. And it was kind of like eye-opening for me. Like, Chris, do you realize that you are doing something that most people can't do? Yeah. And I kind of like sat on that for a while. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not like, oh, I'm so special or I'm so gifted or anything like that. It's that I have a role that a lot of people don't. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. And it all works together. And I'm part of that. Yeah. And my work is part of that. That's the cool thing about my work is that most of it was done 11, 12 years ago and back. Mm. But it's still doing more now than it was then. Really? And so, And I'm not involved in that part. I'm Do you just, think that's I, true? You think your work I is doing more now than I know that's true. Really? You're yes. like Annie. Ask my Annie. <laughs> ask my that's my royalty statements. <laughs> is doing more now. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing to me that yeah. you aren't on the road. No. You aren't putting out music regularly. You do have some I've new music out. Things, but I've snuck a few things out. And regularly. have you published your novel under somebody else's name? And no, we don't I have know not. It? Okay. But I wouldn't tell you if I did. I know. That's what makes me furious. <laughs> is I'm I would read it. Yeah. We we well we have the time. We're gonna go down this path. I have begged you to tell me and let me read your novel, but you say no. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. And we're never for, gonna when know. When it's ready for everybody, then I'll let you. Oh, then it. I can. Yeah, oh, I but, thought you were never gonna tell us which one well, was yours. I mean, if I use us, if I, I will. I will. Oh, okay. Yes. Great. I won't. I tell have people. to use another name if I publish fiction. Yes. Because there are other authors by the name of Chris Rice or Christopher Rice. Oh, and in so the fiction avoid, world. Yeah, and so to avoid that confusion, it would be better for me to have a, a so pen I, name. A pen name, but I, I won't keep it a secret. Oh, okay. I just kind of play that up right now. Yeah, I, in my I'm, mind, I'm, I'm so always like, lazy. oh, I bet it's yeah, out there. And no, I just, I'm just lazy. I'll probably you. never get around to finishing everything. No, I bet you <laughs> so will. Keep it, keep it, keep everyone guessing. So you haven't, you are virtually have had a decade-ish of doing less work than you were doing before. What is it about? Oh, it, you mean recently? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This, this past decade. Yes. What's the work doing now that it wasn't doing 15 years ago? This is interesting because... Okay, I can't wait. I We're look, all here well, for it's it. It's interesting to me <laughs> because I look back on all of my songwriting, performing, doing records, recording, all those songs, which were all my creations, the songs were, mm-hmm. and had a great time doing that. Loved it. Yeah. As an introvert, still found a way to love it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I also, kind of as a side project for a for one bookstore chain near, it was like 14 years ago, maybe 13 mm-hmm. or 14 years ago. For one bookstore chain, they asked me to do a hymns record. Mm-hmm. And so it, it wasn't going to be everywhere. It was just going to be for their one, like an exclusive little thing for them. And so I did. And it was a easy record to do because, I mean, who doesn't love hymns and who right. can't pick great hymns to right. sing. 
So we did that record. They they used it as an exclusive, and two years after that, according to the contract, it reverted to it can be used anywhere. Ah, okay. So that's just kind of the background. That was kind of near the end of when I stopped touring for a while. Yeah. And so the 10, 12 years have gone by. The internet has done some crazy things with yeah. streaming and that kind of thing and how music is available to people and everything. So now, looking back on these past 10 years, if you look at my songs that I wrote and I recorded, they have a general pretty good following or yeah. num- count, number count, whatever, stream counts and view counts, whatever. But then the hymns record that I kind of did as a side project, all those songs are in the millions of views and millions oh, wow. of streams. And my version of How Great Thou Art has 22 million views oh on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. And that's, I don't have a single song anywhere. If you put all my songs together, they don't come anywhere near that. So that's why I'm saying in the, the, in the past 10 years, it's been way more significant as far as the reach. Yeah. And it's not even my own music. It's somehow that career gave me a voice to do these songs and then they can be carried into the world however it's going to happen so that's intriguing to me and awesome to me yeah does it make you enjoy making music differently now than you did um i haven't really written or worked on music since then until just this year ah, so okay. just, in, just in this past year well rip and i had been writing i've been i had helped him write some songs for his records uh-huh, over uh-huh. the years we it was that's kind of a funny story and Tell we, it. we just had well just that whole relationship and meeting him and just like well, man you're so cool and your voice is amazing and if i had your voice i'd write all kinds of different i write different kinds of songs if I could oh, sing the way you do. Yeah. And, he, and so we just kind of got together and, and he said, well, I'm still, you know, if you want to co-write, we can work on some songs for my records if you want to. Yeah. Like, well, let's give it a try. If it's fun, we'll keep going. And if you know Andrew Rip, it's nonstop fun. Yeah. He's a friend of the pod. He's been on yeah. the show. People yeah, yeah. love him. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's great. And he's completely opposite end of the spectrum of me personality wise. You know, yeah. I, walk, I walk in the room and I'm like trying to just skirt around the edges and not make a big <laughs> deal and not break anything. <laughs> and Andrew walks into the room and it's like, there's Andrew. Yeah. Whoa, energy and personality and everything. So it's, that's kind of fun for us to work together. Yeah. And, create together and it's really really cool but in, in over that time he recorded several of those songs he recorded i believe six songs that we co-written on a couple of his records and then we realized we'd written 15 or 20 more songs oh wow that, that were never were not used yeah. and neither one of us were going to try to pitch them to people or right. record them or whatever so kind of as a joke we kind of started saying what if we just do something with these songs let's just record them and sneak them out or yeah. whatever and uh and then that kind of just snowballed and we kind of thought well that might be a good idea let's do it so right we did that last year yeah and it actually released this past january where'd y'all go record them at your house we recorded uh, we recorded all the uh, initial piano parts at my house because i have a really sweet piano that yeah, records really 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 well and i've used that for so many of my records we always it's always a pain but we get everything to the house and record that part and then take everything back to the real studio oh and gosh. add parts and whatever but we did that and then we recorded at our friend Logan Matheny, uh-huh. who's in town. He has a studio, and we did all the recording there. And he engineered it, mixed it. Uh, Logan did. Yeah. And so we just had we had a fun time doing it, and kind of both of us deciding this we're not going to make a big deal about this. We're going to have fun and do music for music's sake. And mm-hmm. it was really, really, really fun to do that. Is the fun of it make you want to do it more? Um, did that help? I think because I knew I wasn't touring it, I wasn't going to promote it, I wasn't going to do interviews or podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and then your friend Annie. And then Annie came along. <laughs> uh, that, but be, because I knew that wasn't a part of it, it would just be the, I hate to say it this way, but the fun parts for yeah, me yeah, that didn't that involve a lot of, you know, just pressure and interaction and yes. that kind of thing. Yes. So th- for me, that made it a good experience. And that in my mentality was, this is going to be really fun because mm-hmm. I get to do the fun parts. Mm-hmm. So yes, it was a blast. But I don't think it's something that makes me want to go back and keep doing it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It may be 10 more years before my next one, but it may be next year. Who knows? Yeah. I just can't make any promises or, you know. Right. Dear everyone, Rice is not making any promises about <laughs> the future. Um, can you we talk already. about you quitting touring and everything? Yeah. Why? I snuck out yeah. quietly. And the biggest reason was I mentioned earlier being an introvert. Yeah. And 
when you when you spend your time walking into rooms trying not to be the big deal in the room and just enjoying people as an observer and turn that into in my adult life as a performer recording artist I like that you keep using air quotes like I you know. aren't actually those and, things you are you, actually uh, a performer well i'm you using them so the listeners can see <laughs> oh they don't see these air quotes <laughs> you're actually a performing artist <laughs> i'm gonna just fold my hands now <laughs> but suddenly the whole point of me being in the room is to have a spotlight on you and is to have everybody want to talk to you and yeah. share stories and like and so that became super overwhelming for me yeah and so over time you know whatever how many years I was doing so that say how long did you tour probably 12 or 13 years wow and over that time period it started really I didn't realize it but it was kind of this low level anxiety building kind mm-hmm. of thing and so I hit a point where I was like I can't do this I don't mm-hmm. want this to be I can't do this the rest of my life this way. Mm-hmm. And so without making a big deal, because if I had kind of announced, oh, I'm going to back off, suddenly I would have an onslaught of people wanting to interview me, ask why, you know, make a big deal. You know, a record label would immediately want to use that as a marketing tool. This might be his last record. You know, like yeah. so all those things would have brought more attention to it, which is what I was trying to avoid. Right. So I let my band members know, hey, I'm going to be phasing out, start looking yeah. for you know, more studio work or other bands to play with or something like that. And just kind of let it dissipate. Yeah. And it worked perfectly for me. (laughs) I don't know about everybody else, but I just kind of settled into, um, I'm going to finally, for the first time in my adult life, be a neighborhood kid where I know my neighbors and I know the people that work in the coffee shops and the restaurants and I know the shopkeepers and owners. I know like actual, my actual neighbors, you know, which I didn't have that during my whole adult life. I was traveling constantly. So that's turned into like a beautiful season of my life now that I'm really connected to my neighborhood. And I really prefer this over standing on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Do you miss it at all? Um, I don't. And I know that's probably the wrong answer to no, say. No, but that's no, my it's not. reality. I don't. I, ha- I had great times and I remember really sweet times. Yeah. But I don't sit around thinking, man, that would be so cool. Like I go watch my friends play now somewhere and. You, it would use, I would used to think in that moment, gosh, they're so great. I can't wait to get up there and do that too. I want to yeah. have that same effect on people. You know, yeah. like you have, you, you see the beauty of what you're doing when you're watching your friends do it from the stage and you're not. Uh-huh. And, and I used to have that feeling like, I can't wait to be up there, you know, next. I want to be out there now. Now I watch them like, this is so amazing. You get to do this. Hallelujah. Keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so glad for you. I'm so happy for you. You're owning it, you know, but there's nothing but no stirring thanks. it, nothing stirring in me to want to do that. It's just not there. So, I would imagine and, some of our friends listening are in a situation where they're, there's a part of their career or a part of their calling that they want to walk away from, mm-hmm. but it feels too expensive. Yeah. How, how did you decide it was worth it? I think it was easy for me because I knew the personal cost it was. Mm. The personal cost of staying in it was just more anxiety and more like, yeah. Uh, it wasn't, I, I knew. I think of life more in like seasons. I don't yeah. think of this is my identity. This is this is who I am. I'm gonna have to be this the rest of my life. I've never thought of things that way, which makes it easy to kind of move in and out of neighborhoods or in and out of kind of work really right. or, or right. relationships or just. I mean, it was just kind of easy to kind of move along. Mm-hmm. And so I found that realizing the cost if I'd stayed in was greater than the cost of of moving on. Wow. Made it kind of easy for me. Yeah. And I guess I mean, it was that, a perspective thing. Yeah. You know? And the balance of that, of at some point you, the perseverance is so important and you did that for a while, mm-hmm. even in the anxiety. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you have to go, okay, the, the cost here is outweighing the good I am doing or getting. Right. And I have to. Absolutely. Yeah. Doing or getting. Yeah. <laughs> Do you write at first, the first year Mm -hmm. did you detox i think that's been a 10-year process really yeah i think it's just been a 10-year 11-year 12 almost 12 years yeah you know just kind of over time just easing back into whatever the next thing is yeah or or getting used to for a while you know you go in pub out in public and people recognize you and want to talk to you and say hey and approach you when you're eating a meal and those things happen and that's part of that comes with the with the scene yeah but over time like i said a 10-year process of that just kind of okay people are moving on and 
Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not being approached a lot. I'm not being, you know, all the things that would, would start the anxiety going mm. don't happen anymore. Mm. And so now I feel like um, I have more energy for my friends. I have more energy oh, for wow. my neighbors. Yeah. I, I, I don't come home and have to just rest for two days before I get back on the road again and, and, and avoid people. Yeah. I come home and I can't wait to get out in my neighborhood and bump into friends and do stuff. Yeah. You know? So it's a whole different thing. It might sound selfish. I don't think um, so. But I feel Chris, like... Chris, you have not lived a selfish life. Well, that's... I, I, I believe what we were talking about before, the fact that the work is doing more work now than I ever c- could have when I was out pushing it and making it happen, mm-hmm. you know? And so that makes me realize, oh, this was a good move yeah. <laughs> for me personally. Yeah. And it's actually kind of it's kind of expanded and opened the world up to more of what my work was and yeah. it's reaching further, way further and more people. So I I'm say totally a lot to friends. Yeah. I say a lot to friends that tithing and Sabbath have built my business more than anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like yeah. doing the cultural opposite mm-hmm. has actually done more to expand my business than I think anything yes. else has. Mm-hmm. And you're modeling that too, that the resting of it has helped. I believe that. And that wasn't my intention on the front end. I wasn't thinking, oh, if I do this, my career will skyrocket. Right, right, right. <laughs> if I disappear for a while, they'll right. want more. Like I never, it never crossed my mind. It was literally, I need to find a normal life somewhere, somehow. Because the road just stopped feeling normal. It did. It was, yeah. it was my normal. It was yeah. my normal. I mean, it's so many of our knew, normals yeah, here. And it was just, but it was costing me more than I think it costs most of our friends. They love it and they enjoy it and they have the personalities that keep them going. And I was just not that guy. It's just. Man, but I remember before I started when Frothy Monkey still had booths upstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sat down with me and said, yes. you better be real sure <laughs> of what you want here mm-hmm. because that you you keep seeing all the great sides and you need to know there's this yeah. other side. There's, a, there's, a, there's more to it. Yeah. And there's be just ready, more to just it. be ready for that. Was it like that and when I, you started? Was there more to it when you started? When did you start? Probably the 90s? Yeah. Putting a year to Putting a year to the beginning well, of your I, career. I did a lot of um, youth camp, college retreat kind of traveling constantly before I ever had a career as an artist. So I was, Mm. but that was more some music, but also speaking and then just like playtime. Let's, we're going on a ski trip. (laughs) We're taking the college kids on a ski trip. Come with us. So I I was used to traveling even before that and Uh used to being in different places every week and with different sets of people. So that probably changed. I'm thinking 95, 96, 97 was kind of when... My first record came out somewhere in that period. I should know these numbers, but I don't. We can. Do you want Jenna um, to Google no, it for it's you? All right. Okay. She's a researcher. <laughs> it's not that important. <laughs> so right around that time. Um, now I need her too. Jenna, will you Google the, when Chris's first album came yes. out? What's it called, Chris? Uh, Deep enough to dream. Oh, deep enough to dream. Come on, sing it. Colors I have. <laughs> I love that song. That's awesome. I bet it's before '97 because it was when I still lived at home yeah, and I went to okay. college in '98. So it was. 94? Could it have been 94? I'm going to go 94. Let's see what the Google Google turns up. Is the name of the album? (laughs) She's like, the internet isn't that old. (laughs) It isn't. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Chris Rice knows his life. I thought. I I wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure. Okay. So. So, Annie Downs knows her life, too. (laughs) Right. <laughs> we both know our own personal lives yes. revolving around deep enough to dream. Yes. So I think I think your question has something to do with what it was like when I first started. Yeah. Was it like a what that what that transition was like? Yeah. But it was kind of smooth because it was an addition to what I was already doing as yeah. far as traveling stuff. So I wasn't sure what the cost would be. Right. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I was kind of. I was and there wasn't really anyone really before you except Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman in Third Day, kind of right. Well, like there were there were plenty Sandy of Sandy Patty. You mean? Oh yeah. Like there weren't other <laughs> superstars well, before you except a couple. And there were plenty. Really? Yeah. Okay, I believe you. I just thought of something really crazy, but the word plenty, P L E N T Y. Yeah. But we, I kind of say it like bunny, like plenty. There were plenty. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's <true>. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> little. Nice little nice word. bunny trail. Yeah, bunny. Well done. Oh, see I, I see what there. you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there were there were plenty of Christian musicians and radio. Radio was full of music and stuff then, but I don't know. It was it was happening. It was just my foray into it. I kind of thought was more of a half-hearted. I'll see if it works. Uh, I even told the label when they first wanted me to 
which was Michael's label. Yeah. Um, when they first asked me to be a part of it, I'm like, well, can I keep doing the youth stuff for a while? I was kind of mix it in. Young Life or was it halfway. camps? Or? It wasn't. It was just individual okay. like college ministers and youth pastors. Yeah. Just kind of like spread, spread my name around for yeah. over the years. And it kind of kept me full and busy. Right. right. Yeah. I like the distinction of that. It kept you full and busy. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it kept you full emotionally mm-hmm. and yeah. also busy yes, yes, financially yes. and calendar wise. And, and full in my belly too because it's yeah, right. my meals. <laughs> they were eating. That's right. <laughs> You're eating right on those weekends. Yes. You may not Never eat on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> but you'll get there Thursday night. Exactly. When you look back on that, I'm just getting to ask you all the questions I've never sat and asked yeah. you before. It was just so funny. <laughs> when you look back on all that, what was, what was God like for you back then? Hmm. What was God like? Yeah, like was <laughs> like did you feel like he was directing you on what to do? Did um, you feel like he was That's another kind of weird thing about me. I I always feel like I really believe I don't know the reference, but the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I really yeah. believe that, but I've never had the experience of knowing ahead of time or feeling like God's calling me to this or God's telling really? me to do this or God's pulling me here. I've never had that terminology in my own head. It oh, was always cool. like I just know that I'm his and therefore my life is going to work out the way he wants it to. So mm-hmm. I look back on things and go, yeah, his hand was in that. But okay. I don't think I've, I really can't think of any other, any time I've ever thought this is what God wants me to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. Really? Yeah, never in your whole never, life? Never. Never. I say that now and I'll probably think of something in five minutes. No, and you can say it when but you do. But generally that's kind of my mentality has been that. And so... What, how was, what was God for me then? Yeah. It was more like the, it was a, a sense of overall everything's taken care of kind of mm. thing. It wasn't, dear God, please tell me what my next step is. Dear God, get me here. Dear God, help me with that. It was oh more gosh, like. It's so freeing, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's beautiful. Because I do see a lot of things that aren't freeing about how we think about God sometimes. And, and there, it's more of like, I think about, you know, if the sun has set you free, you're free indeed. You know, and I think a lot of times what we've done in modern Christianity is turned our relationship with God into a burden rather than freedom. Hmm. And part of that freedom is realizing everything's covered, it's done, and now live in that and enjoy that as you move through life and include Him in all all those things. Mm -hmm. But there, there was a lot of pressure. I remember growing up and I remember in youth and college you know, retreats and hearing speakers and a lot of pressure of make sure you're doing God's will and beg God for this. And, mm. you know, and so there's, it was not freedom. Yeah. And for me, I kind of thought if this is true, if this gospel is true, I'm seriously covered and it's truly finished wow. and I can live in freedom. Wow. And that doesn't mean freedom to go do whatever I want. Right. That means the, with the sense of my freedom, because this is my father's world Mm. anywhere it's his so as his heir i'm i'm free to experience it yeah you know so what does it sound like when you hear him do you hear him i don't okay that's pretty blunt but i think it's great some of my songs have come out because of that uh smell the color nine one of my kind of like quirky (laughs) quirky songs but it just says i've never felt the presence but i know you're always near i've never heard you tell me you know, do this, do that. But the song says, and my my confession is, my heart of faith keeps pounding, so I know I'm doing fine. Yeah. But trying sometimes finding you is like trying to smell the color nine. Like we're we're using our human senses, our to try to experience God. Uh-huh. And I feel like if I need the goosebumps to to keep my faith going, then that's not really faith. It's like mm. I need something else outside of my faith mm. to keep it going. So right. it's more like, oh, I'm just choosing to believe this. And so here I am. I'm living in this. Whether I feel it or not, whether I hear something or not, whether he quote unquote speaks to me or not, like I'm living in this truth and it's in my core and I truly hold on to it. Hey, just interrupting this conversation with Chris to tell you about our friends over at Rothy's. Y'all, Rothy's shoes are stylish, sustainable, and comfortable enough for everyday wear anywhere. Y'all probably heard me talk about them before. They make really beautiful shoes for women and girls, but they make them out of plastic water bottles. They're insanely comfortable and machine washable. I have a pink pair, the pointy ones that are really bright pink, and I love them 
so much. They really are incredibly comfortable. They are the everyday flats for life on the go. They're so versatile and really cute. And they come in a wide range of colors and patterns. They're available in four different silhouettes, plus they're constantly launching new styles. So you're guaranteed to find a pair or like 11 that you love, like I have. They have like playful designs that adds a pop of color to every outfit while still looking polished and professional. And since they're seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles, they're incredibly comfortable as soon as you slip them on. So that you don't have to do that like break-in period that it just like will ruin your life. I know. There's always free shipping and free returns or exchanges with no risk, no worries, and no reason not to try, you guys. It will blow your mind that they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. In fact, Rothy's has diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills, y'all. That is insane. And here's a great thing that my sister told me the day that I got my Rothy's, she already had a pair, is how much she loves that they're machine washable. And I love that too, that you can just toss them in there and they will get all clean. It's like you have a brand new pair of shoes. Check out all their amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash soundsfun. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash soundsfun to get your new favorite flats. And now back to the show. Okay. So how do you experience him then? Where do you experience the Lord? Because hmm. I, I you do. I think... I think, well, I don't know about, I don't know if experience is the right word. Okay. I don't know how to put experience into that. Okay. Because like I said, for for me, God and gospel and Jesus are are just the foundation. Okay. So I, I like don't, this so much. I don't think of it as, you know, when I'm, you know, through, through my day, if you ask me at the end of the day, how did you experience the ground today? Well, I didn't. I was constantly on it. But it wasn't. It was the understood, and so mm, it worked. It was, the it was there, but it wasn't. I didn't need to go. Where are you, ground? And feel for it. And then, okay, mm. there it is. There's a trust that's already there, and so I'm just kind of, again, it's. Were you like this in your like twenties and thirties too? I think I was. Okay. I think I was. I was just. I think a lot of times I was considered a little bit rebellious, even though I wouldn't was never the kind of like stir up things. But yeah. I was always the one who's like, I don't feel it that way. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know. Even like with the kid, a kid at camps with kids or students, I wish I should yeah, say, because yeah. they were all teenagers. But right. you know, the like the speaker would say, "Hey, when we get to this part of the of the service, can you come up and play a song with minor chords and kind of like we want to just really create a mood?" And I, I mean, it turned out I wasn't being rebellious, but I was read as rebellious. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to create a mood. Yeah. Like, just speak truth and and let God's spirit use it how he wants to in each mm-hmm. one of these kids, but don't mm-hmm. try to set a mood because what I saw happen over time was kids equating their mood with God. Mm. And so if you have goosebumps or if you're crying, then you know God is there. Yeah. But otherwise you don't feel God, so where is he? Mm-hmm. Instead of realizing the truth He's the ground. that he is always there Yes. and you don't need the feeling to make it real. I mean, Rice, I have never thought about that in my whole life. Well, come on then. Start I mean, you are preaching. (laughs) That is so good. Well, I just feel like it's freedom. I keep coming back to that. I think you're right. And I'm a person who really loves hearing the Lord. Like, I Mm -hmm. love listening and feeling like he's talking to me. Yeah. But also, there is a reality that takes away some of the anxiety of what's happening in my life Mm -hmm. when you go like, he's the ground. Yeah. Like, you're fine. Yeah. There is nothing that is out of his hand. Mm Mm-hmm. You're not and, gonna miss this. I don't I don't knock people who feel more than I do at all. It's just that's not my experience. Right. Because you because people have typed you as an Enneagram five. Yeah, exactly. Yes, probably. So that, that plays into this, maybe. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think part of how I express things in even in, in my songs over the years, um, I wanted to say things in a way that not only um, reinforced people's faith but also made sense to people outside of faith too if they mm-hmm. heard it and part of that was making sure because I watched this happen with the students and I wanted to make sure I wasn't doing that myself yeah. making sure it wasn't an emotional appeal I wrote emotional songs for sure. sure yes but it was more of the sense of let's make sure I'm saying something important and saying something true and not going for the emotion yeah. Not finding the buttons to push to to get people right. to experience an emotion right. so that they think that's God. 
I don't Man, know. I just, that's, that's really how I good. am. And it doesn't mean everybody else is wrong. It just means I'm on this part of the spectrum. Well, I mean, we I, I ask that almost every show. How do you hear the Lord? Mm-hmm. And you are the first person in a hundred and almost no. two hundred shows to go. I don't. <laughs> so, so I mean, I think that is like so important and so mm-hmm. fr- that even that is freeing for well, people. The, I hope so. I hope that there are people hearing this that that think, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I did have that re- reaction from some people in some of my songs. Like that helps me realize I'm okay because I'm not seeing mm-hmm. what everyone else is mm-hmm. or feeling what everyone else is. And I can still trust this and hold on to it. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to this, and it's been years since I've even said this because I haven't been in a setting to do that. But <laughs> Jesus didn't say, um, Lo, you will feel me with you always. He said, Lo, I am with you always. Mm. And so I just bank on that. Yeah. I don't know why the word low is in there, but I know, I like it. You, you read <laughs> the King, King James. James. Yeah, well, yeah, I did yeah. when I was a child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you just, if you live like he's with you always. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you don't get what you want or when there's a tragedy or trauma or um, does that, it feel like the ground shakes or that no? That doesn't change for me or okay. it hasn't so far. And I haven't experienced super traumas yet. So I'll well, say, I think I'll that's unfair that, to yourself. But, I think everybody has experienced mm-hmm. trauma. It's like it's such a given. It's like it's the understood for me that he's there, that I don't need to base it on, well, if he's there, why did this happen? Or mm-hmm. where are you, God? It's mm-hmm. like in the Psalms where de- the, the theological terminology is deus absconditus or absconditus or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, here's my Greek coming out. <laughs> Latin, that's Latin. Gen- researcher Jenner, she'll get it for us yeah. when, it's, when it's But, time. you know, it's the thought of God in hiding. Mm. The God is in hiding, and so there are many times in the songs. I'm embarrassed David to says, tell you, I've never heard that phrase yeah, before. No, I mean, I've experienced it. Praise well, him, I've experienced <laughs> it. But. Well, but it, but it, there are parallels in Scripture where I can relate to David when he says, "My," I think it's Psalm 88. I don't know. So sure. I'm going back and going, trying to reach back. Um, my throat is parched, crying out for help. My eyes fail me looking for my God. He's just saying, "Where are you?" Like, yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm screaming for you, and I'm not getting any answers. And does that mean David didn't have faith? Does that mean God wasn't there for him? No, it means God does not reveal Himself so plainly all the time. Yeah. And it's that, that for me that becomes comfort. Yeah, in, that you just seem way of, more okay with that than I am. I am way okay with that. Yeah. Because I think that just comes down to believing it you're like that just comes down to maturity it comes down to being 93 years old oh my gosh you are not 93 you'll be there soon (laughs) (laughs) but Um, yeah it just comes i mean yeah because it hurts my feelings when mm -hmm. he does that yeah yeah not not when i don't get what i want when mm -hmm. i feel like he hides from me yes it hurts my feelings Mm -hmm. that's interesting yeah because you don't feel that i don't yeah (laughs) you're okay when it's like i kind of feel like that's the the mystery i'm i thought of this kind of phraseology for it for myself was I'm more at rest in the mystery than I am in the um in the confidence Mm. like I'm more at rest when I if sometimes when someone's like I know for sure God told me blah 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 and in my career as a public person you get a lot of people that God told certain things that you're supposed to do I mean if you had a dollar I was about to say if you had a dollar for anybody who told you they knew who your wife was take their sister out I'm supposed to marry them I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to you know, go to this event that they've been planning. Like God told them it would be me. And um, when they're that confident about God told me, that's when I start not not doubting God at all, but just like, okay, I'm still going to, I'm still going to make my decision on this, not based on what God told you mm. if he did or not. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I'm still going to base it on my experience with God, yes. quote unquote, experience with God, yeah. which is that settledness that he's there no matter what. I, and I'm more at rest when it's mysterious than I am when I feel like, oh, I got this nailed. I know exactly what God is and what he's going to do and how he wants me to do things. That's a scary, that's more scary to me yeah. thinking it when it, when it's that clear and maybe this is not well thought out yet, but I think the times even biblically when God just spoke really specifically to somebody like out loud, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was to convince them to do something they did not want to do. Yes, that's right. Go sacrifice your son on a mountain. Mm-hmm. Go preach to the Nineveh, the people that you hate and that you want me to destroy, but I want you to go to tell them about my love. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, when he 
when he intervened with that clearly, it was yeah, the burning was, bush. Yeah, you have to go back to Pharaoh, who Absolutely. was your dad, your grandfather. Who, and yeah. what I find has happened is a lot of people say mm-hmm. God told me, and they're just a, they're they're aligning God with whatever their desire is. It's not God changing Ooh, their direction. Come it's, on. They're trying to use God to, to get what they want, verify and. Ooh, yeah, Chris Rice, you're, you're hurting some feelings. <laughs> no. You're stepping on some toes just, of our no, friends I'm just on saying, their let's treadmills. Let's be careful about it because yeah. when you say uh, things, you're Jeremiah twenty three, don't say the "Thus saith the Lord." Like, be careful with that phrase yeah. because people use that. And again, that was King James. I haven't read the Bible since I was seven. And you're 93. I'm 93, so it's a lot of math. Yeah, I don't want to do that math, but. You know, like we have warnings scripturally to yeah. not be so blatant with that phrase. And we don't talk about that part of the Bible. No. <laughs> you no. know? But I, I just think it's important to, for me anyway, to really weigh when someone says, well, God told me, da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm not doubting that. I'm just, I guess, I guess maybe I am. Yeah. Like, and because that's fair. if five women in a month have come up to me and said, God told me we're going to be married. Yeah. Either God changes his mind constantly, which he, I don't think he does, right? Um, or they're lying, which I don't think they are. I think they really believe they got a message from God, but I'm not sure where that came from. Right. You know, so also again, and bless their hearts. Raising women, I, I hope they're married and happy. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, I just can't. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, wasn't me. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know that I have the um, guts. Is the word I'll mm-hmm. use? I don't know that I have the guts to walk up to a man and say mm-hmm. to walk up to a musician whose concert I bought a ticket yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in his signing line where he is giving me his autograph, say. <laughs> P.S. God told me mm-hmm. I'm your wife. That happened a lot. Yes. I get some pretty weirdo DMs mm-hmm. from guys, but that yeah. is not, I don't have anybody coming up to me and signing lines and saying, <laughs> I'm your dude. That is insane. Yeah. It's, it, I had to find a way to be nice to people, but at the same time, just like, Meh. can I sign something for you? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like my autograph know, to take home? They walk away feeling rejected, and then their friends are standing there giving me a hard time because I was so mean. I'm oh, like, wow. I really wasn't mean. I just have not heard from God like that. Right, so and I don't know who I'm you are. Gonna, yeah, and you're a stranger. Something and, that John Christ and I talked about when he was on the show was how... He's not funny. He's <laughs> No, he's not at all. <laughs> was how one of the problems for it, men like you and women mm-hmm. like me that are single in public mm-hmm. is that the other person... The woman who thinks she heard God, the woman who approaches John, the man yes. who DMs me, mm-hmm. uh, they feel like they know us. Yes. Mm-hmm. But to you, none of those women, you didn't know any the of them. Complete strangers. Yes, but they and, smell the color nine. And so now... And in any other setting, if I were walking down the sidewalk, not a quote unquote rock star. Yeah. Oh, that is so <laughs> and good. And someone walked up to me and just said, um, God told me you're going to marry me. That would be the creepiest thing <laughs> on earth. For real. But because you're in a Christian show yeah. and everyone's, you know, got their emotional, spiritual thing going yeah. and it's somehow okay to say that to a stranger. Yeah. That's when I think, okay, something about this whole system is a little bit messed up, or mm-hmm. at least how people are using it. Yeah. Of course, there are very healthy people most most of the time, but there are some who just have an unhealthy thing that it just shows up in those kind of settings more. Yeah. And I, I have to be so careful of that in my life because I do say, okay, if, if I'm hearing God say this mm-hmm. and this does not happen, mm-hmm. what then? Yes. What does that say about God is the unfortunate yeah. thing is it turns me instead to like, of, instead of, yeah, say it, instead of me. Instead of what does this say about me? And I don't I mean, that, you, I don't mean that in the meantime. I, no, I don't I mean that in a mean way. I had plenty of students and people in the beginning of their music careers and wanting to be, you know, wanting to do my work. And they're, yeah. you know, students especially were like, God told me I'm going to be doing what you're doing. I'm going to be recording. I'm going to be a rock star. You know, God told me that's what I'm going to do. And I can't yeah. wait to glorify him that way. You know, then yeah, use all yeah, that terminology. Yeah. And I would say to them, if God told you it's going to happen, then he will make it happen. Yeah. And and telling people God told you to do it is not going to... Does not advance Does it. not change it. Yeah. Any. So if you really believe that, then hold on to that and keep yeah. pursuing it. But don't use that to validate your pursuit 
of a record career or, right. you know, and I think that was books. To, I'm like, tell your people if you feel called to write a book, yes, mm-hmm. get some accountability out there, mm-hmm. but it will not advance it by saying it out loud. Right. God will open it's, the doors yes. that are meant to be open. Absolutely. If he really is telling you that, then he really is able to pull it off without yeah. you convincing me that <laughs> me the rock to, the quote he, quote that, rock star well, yeah, the story yeah that I'm gonna tell all of our friends to help you get there that. you know yeah. so wow it's just it's it, it's interesting and everybody's faith journey is so different and right. we grow up with yeah why are we not okay with that why is Christendom not okay with everybody's faith journey being different I, I don't know because I think we tend to want it to be so cut and dry and we want we don't we want the confidence instead of the mystery Mm. And getting going back to what I was saying before. Everybody, like, bow your heads. We're going to pray to cook. We're going to pass the basket. <laughs> Pastor Rice is here. Pastor Reverend Rice. <laughs> Reverend Rice. Yeah, you're right. So I think that's, we, I think that's that part of it. We want. want to be so confident in it. And I think mm. faith, oh, faith is a word that means we don't know. So we're holding on to it. We're holding on to truth because we, we choose by faith. We're holding on to this. Yeah. And it means there's doubt in there. It means there's uncertainty mixed in, or faith wouldn't be a part of it. Right. Like, there's no, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, but yes, yes. Faith wouldn't be a part of it if it were also deter, like, I don't know what the right word is, but if we were, if we had total confidence um, and it were right in front of our faces, yeah. I don't need faith to believe Annie Downs is in this room. Mm-hmm. You know? I believe she's in this room. Right. Hi, Thank hi, Annie. You. Thank you. Yes, we are in the same room. <laughs> but but I don't need faith because it's you're right it's there. It's all right there. Right. Um, and I think with our Christianity, with our faith, yeah. In quotes again, I, I air with our religion, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. We we want it to be so certain because mm. we want to be right, and everyone else is wrong, or mm. we want to be right and have our ground to stand on and put our flag in the you know stake it out. Like yeah. We found it, and no one else has. And I'm not saying truth is relative. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying our approach to what we believe as truth, we need to hold on to tightly, but also realize that I'm not right about everything, mm. especially my faith. Man, I'm not right true. about everything in it. In it, So am I wrong about 3% of it, but I'm right about 97%? Am I wrong about 50% of it? And right about half it. Like, I don't know which parts I'm right or wrong about. We just all have our way of finding our faith and finding yeah. all this. And there are some parts of it that we don't have right yet. Yes. And so I don't have a place to be really super dogmatic about my views. And that's on the this. thing, right? Because the people who get so dogmatic, I'm like, I hear you. Mm-hmm. How are you so sure? And I'm glad you're sure but you might be wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like where is the space? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an example. I think about flat earthers. They mm-hmm. are good people. Mm-hmm. They literally think the earth is flat. Literally. Yes. And so then you go like, it's not that you're a bad person who's trying to make everyone angry. It's right. that you are showing up in your truest, best self. Mm-hmm. And this is still what you believe. Sure. And I think, but y'all are so like, I want everybody to give everybody else space. Mm-hmm. No one gives everybody else space. Mm-hmm. And give people time to figure things out. Give and realize the literally earth is trust and yeah. Right. The earth is a globe. If the earth were flat, gravity wouldn't work. Right. <laughs> right. There is science. <laughs> um, yeah. Something I think about faith too is this whole idea that when this version of our lives are over, when mm-hmm. the pre new earth, when the before death version of our life is over, so is our need for faith. Mm-hmm. Like this is really the only time that faith is a part of our journey, right? Right. right. And so this is the only time we don't know. Mm-hmm. So build that muscle, right? Because after this, we know. And I think it's okay to think of it this way. Okay. I think of I hear this truth. I hear of a loving God who created this, created all this. I see in myself and in the world how me- how we've messed it all up. Yeah. And I realize I'm unable to rescue myself from the mess. So I want it to be true that he's provided a way back to him. Mm. I want that to be true. That's, and so my, that's my hope, and that's where I'm putting my faith. I want that to be true, so I'm living like it's true, believing down in my core it is true. But it's because, not because I know everything and I've got it, but because this makes the most sense to me and I'm going to hold on to this and believe and trust. And Mm. I think some people would not like that version of what faith is, but I think that's what faith is. I'm putting my hope in this. 
because this is how it makes sense to me, and I want it so bad to be true. That's good. Some people You're very say, good "Well, at this. do you want to start your own podcast?" Uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I got in a lot of trouble for expressing those kind of things really? during my career. Um, I had a song called "Big Enough." Uh-huh. And the chorus says, God, if you're there, I wish you'd show me. God, if you care, I need you to know me. I hope you don't mind me asking the questions, but I figure you're big enough. Yeah. And man, that speaks to all of humanity, atheist to you know, the strongest Christian. Yeah. And yet I had people saying, How can you say God if you're there in a song? Because mm. you're spreading doubt, you're spreading fear, oh you're 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 saying there's a possibility that there is no God. And I'm like, that's not the point at all. The that's when you're like, to, peace out. I'm done. Yeah, it's like I want my atheist friends that I climb with, if yes. they hear this song and they hear somebody honest enough to say, God, if you're there, I wish you'd show me, mm-hmm. then then they feel free to ask that question too. Yeah. Because as the the last line says, I figure you're big enough for me to ask really hard questions because it's not easy on this side. Yeah, you know. But I think that's what faith is built on: being unsure and going, yeah. "I'm holding on anyway." Yeah, I'm that's holding on anyway. That's yeah. exactly it. Um, can we talk about climbing for a minute? Yeah. Um, what <laughs> got you into climbing? One of my last tour weekends, my front of house engineer uh-huh. mixes the music for the room to hear yeah. the show. He had to leave. He, he could not be on the road with us that weekend. So okay. he sent out a substitute who was a guy named Travis, who was just out of college, young, young kid, young guy, awesome guy. Yeah. And I had not met him before that weekend. And then he was mixing the shows and was like, this is a blast. He's doing a great job and whatever. And during that weekend, he said, Hey, have you ever rock climbed before? Like, no, well, my roommate is, wants me to go to this climbing gym in Nashville when we get back on Monday. You want to go with this? Sure, I'll give it a try. Yeah. It never crossed my mind How long ago was this? This was 11, 12 years ago. Okay. Sure, I'll give it a try. Went to the gym, climbed with them, got a membership. I've had an unbroken membership for 11 or 12 years. Really? However longer that was. Yeah, because I just was immediately like, this is so much fun. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't want to ever stop. What is it about it? It turned into, you know, being outside all the time. Yeah. Being out in nature rock climbing outside is beautiful and yeah. seriously difficult mm-hmm. and people think it's dangerous but only if you're not doing all the things that yeah i think I it's dangerous sure, i make sure i'm really safe and yeah, tied yeah, yeah. in and wearing all this stuff but there was something about that that really appealed to me because you're you're working you're i guess one of the things is you don't you cannot think about anything else when you're when you're climbing on, when you're on the wall actually climbing oh wow everything else disappears because you're so focused on my next move and your body is feeling the position of, you know, where your weight is and how gravity is working and what this feels like. Can I hold on to this? Is, can I trust this or not? And so your brain is like seriously so focused. And I don't think I've I ever have in anything else in life have that much focus. Yeah. And so you do that and love that and get that relief kind of from all the other things for uh-huh. that few moments. But then you also incrementally are improving yourself each time you climb. You're a hold you couldn't hold on to before yeah. you got through that part of it you know yeah. so there are things like that that are just you're constantly getting these little micro rewards right and so it's it just something that just kept me in and I, I immediately loved it and it's really creative people really um are surprised by that that it's, a, it's such a creative I'm solving this problem I have 100 feet in front of me and things jutting out rocks and uh-huh. whatever and I've got to figure out how to get myself to the top of this and so there's a real creative, I'm trying this, it's not going to work, this is going to work. If I shift my weight this way, if I turn my knee in this way, if I put my pinky on here and uh-huh. wrap my thumb over it, it'll hold better than if I just grab it like I would if I weren't, weren't thinking about it. Yeah. And so you, you get all these rewards and it's just, and it's exercise and you're around energetic people and active people. So all those things combined just make it for me kind of like, oh, this is yeah. life. <laughs> and I would wonder if, this is an, a time in your life when you're surrounded by people who believe a lot of different things. Absolutely. Yes. That, there's no question about that. My friend spectrum is so wide now. Really? Yes. And it's a beautiful thing. Yes. It's an awesome thing. Yeah. To come out of a period of my life when every conversation I had was this kind of like faith conversation. Yeah. To suddenly be around people who they know who I am, they know where I come from, they know about my faith. They, they think I'm a complete idiot for believing that there is even a God, and mm. yet they'll have a conversation with me about it. Yeah. And they trust me with their conversation about it. They're like, yeah. what do you, you know, I've had friends ask me, like, 
are you afraid of death at all? I'm like, no. I mean, I don't want to die, and it feels weird to think about right. that for sure. And I'm yeah, I'm afraid of the pain if there's pain involved, but I'm not afraid of the at what's after. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's settled and that's it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And you know, and then their response to that, these kind of conversations that don't get like I'm not preaching a sermon and asking them to, you know, tie the knot, you know. Right. But then they say, well, I'm an atheist and I'm afraid of death and I don't understand myself. If I really don't think there's any afterlife, why I would be afraid of that? Oh wow. And so I sit with them in that and let that soak over several years, you know, in different conversations. In some ways, they're like interested that I'm settled and right. they're not, but it doesn't mean they're going to come to faith. Right. And it doesn't mean I'm going to go their way. Right. It just means I get to interact with people across the whole spectrum and be a, a, an example of the gospel wherever I am. Right. And most of my, I would say, m- Right now, most of my friends, I mean, I have friends across the entire spectrum, and I probably shouldn't say most, but I have friends that are like so secure in their faith and just awesome soul people. Sure. I have so many friends who have no clue about God and think it's all a joke and still love me and I still love them, and that's a beautiful thing. And then I have a lot of friends that have grown up in faith and have bailed on it. Or mm-hmm. still figuring out what mm-hmm. parts to hold on to and what parts not to hold on to. And to be a friend of that whole spectrum and be okay with wherever anyone is because I've been at all those places. I have never been atheist, but I've been to all those places. Everything I can, but, yeah, I can play me too. In, I can play the, in my mind like a what if. Mm-hmm. I remember having that thought like what if there's no God and just immediately feeling like, wow, what a lonely, empty existence this would be right. if, I, if I didn't have at least him to communicate with when yes. all this stuff is going on in my head. Yeah. Like, it's not just me. There's someone to relate to and all that. Right. But but I think there's a richness to my life because I have that whole spectrum. Instead of growing up being taught, stay away from this kind of person, stay away from this kind of person, don't be around someone who questions this. Like, make sure you're only around people who reinforce what you're thinking and how what our faith says and make sure you hold on to all that. And I, I feel like we've kind of disserve each other by not experiencing all there is to in human interaction i wonder Um, if that's when it gets dogmatic is when all your people are just like you i think so and i think we on either end of the spectrum and we tend to want that we tend to surround ourselves with people that will reinforce our thinking yeah you see that with um just like online and the um, social media and how the, the bubbles kind of like separate into certain groups and certain thought groups and it may not be on purpose it may just be we feel more comfortable when someone says something yes i agree Mm -hmm. and so we just orient toward them and stay Mm -hmm. with them and that that just kind of reinforces all that we want to believe but when we expose ourselves to to all the other ways of thinking it doesn't mean we're going to change our minds about it it means we know how to interact across the board based in how we think about it. Right. And we give people space, like you said, and give them grace to be where they are, you know. Man, uh, that's good. You yeah. are good at this. I mean, that, I know you've done interviews a lot in your life. But. <laughs> well, and that's been part of, we, we were talking about climbing, but that's been part of that whole 10 year span or so of my climbing career has been really exposing me to a lot of different people mm-hmm. and um, people that I can imagine a lot of my family, friends, fans would not approve of me being around so right. much. And I, and, and I hear things like that come out of people's mouths and I'm thinking, yeah. well, then I don't think you really understand the heart of Jesus. If mm. you, I've been told to my face by Christian fans, if you're not doing your work for Christians, then you're not doing your work for God. Oh, wow. When, you know, when I was doing some pop music and they were yeah. kind of like, why are you writing love songs? You should be writing only Christian songs. Yeah. And it would tell me to my face, like, you know, if you're not doing songs for Christians, then you're not, then you're not, yeah. you're not working for God. I'm thinking that is the opposite of Jesus on a cross. <laughs> right. <laughs> the right. opposite. Right. So if you really believe that, then you need to learn how to live your life for the world. It's not yeah. us against the world. Yeah. It's us for the world, mm-hmm. you know? We always quote John 3.16, John 3.17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to rescue the world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times Christian mentality is we're here to condemn the world and make yeah. sure they know they're all sinners and make sure they know that they, they're missing out. Instead of, no, that's not rescue. That's right. condemnation. Come on. And 
that's not the heart of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So we're busy holding on to the confidence of we know this is right, this is right. So we're right about this issue and you're wrong. And we're Mm -hmm. gonna keep standing in your face and tell you you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Instead of realizing wherever they are and how they think about a particular issue, they are still created in the image of God. They are still loved by God and being pursued by God. Mm -hmm. And you can be a part of that or you can shovel them away from that. Yeah. And And they they are genuinely experiencing the world the only way they know how mm -hmm. so far. Yes. Yeah. That's what I had a friend talking to me about a TV show and how they didn't approve of everything on the TV show. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I understand those characters aren't doing what you would want them to do. But Mm -hmm. if they were real people, they are characters. (laughs) If they were real people, they are experiencing life and love and kindness and and so we need to figure out how we tell them about Jesus from that mm-hmm. and and love love them. Is that making sense? It makes total sense. I think of like a teacher talking to a classroom of third graders, trying to teach them everything she knows or he knows about science yeah. rather than seeing where the third grader is and then bringing them to the next yes, step. Yes, yes. You know, like just tell them the next thing they need to know. Yeah, just help yeah. them. You have to understand really good, someone Rice. before you can blast them with truth, quote unquote. Yes, yes. You have to understand them and then start nudging them in different directions or just influencing them. I love this quote. I can't remember who said it. Influence is a fragrance, not a sermon. Oh, wow. And I love thinking about that. I, I mean, do. sometimes you got to hear a sermon, but yeah. But my influence, I'd rather be a fragrant influence than someone who's always in people's faces telling mm-hmm. them how wrong they are mm-hmm. and how much they need what I have, Yeah, you know? I went to a baptism yesterday in a mm. swimming pool in a backyard. Yeah. And my friend getting baptized for the last couple of years, I've just keep hearing her talk about these other friends mm-hmm. and, and saying like, well, I had this question and she answered it or this. And the bigger story is those friends just were fragrancing mm-hmm. her. No one ever said, so now you need to get baptized. Right, so now right. you need to get saved or whatever mm-hmm. people. She just said, if I want to know more about Jesus, what do I do? Yeah. And and I think I want to get baptized. What does that mean? Yeah. Shouldn't the gospel should be attractive? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And the gospel in us should be attractive yes. to people. Yes. I believe that. I think so too. We need to talk about your new album. Ooh. I have one of those. Untitled Hymns. Untitled Hymn. Why do you call it Untitled Hymns? Well, it's called Untitled Hymn, a collection of hymns. Because oh, sorry. Is it H I M? You know what? No, it's no. H. It's H Y M N. How yes. do you spell that? Uh, uh, yeah. Because I have an old song, "Come to Jesus," which the yeah. title is "Untitled Hymn," and then in and parentheses, then go, "Come to, to Jesus. Jesus." How artsy farts. So I, I just wanted to go with "Untitled Hymn," but the, <laughs> the label was like, "No one will know where how to find it online." So that's right. That's right. <laughs> let's that's make right. Make sure they know what the hook is. Yeah. And, can and Hillary and her family covered that on they their did, album. They did, they? Yeah. which was so sweet. It's beautiful. Yeah, when you sing, so, it's beautiful. But hearing. Oh, Hillary did that song. Good grief. Yeah. So good. Um, okay, so this one's so, called Untitled Hymns. So, him, so called, you won in the long run. Well, here's well, this particular distribution company had approached me through a text uh-huh. to my old drummer. <laughs> Would Chris be interested in doing another hymns record after 13 years? Yeah. Because the other one has surged for some reason in the past few years. Mm. Would he be interested in doing that? So I text back to my drummer, well... Sure, if I don't have to tour, don't have yeah. to go to meetings, no, no meet and greets, no interviews. You know, if I can do that, then if I can just make the music and t- hand it in, sure, let's give it a try. And an hour later, there's a distribution <laughs> deal in my email. You know, like they were oh like gosh. that excited about it. Yes, yes, they fell for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it really is. I saw the value in doing that and not g- jumping back in with everything yes. into the whole music business and the music scene and but creating that. but being creative yeah. and songs that I didn't write again but songs that have stood the test of time yeah cliche but no, they no, for a reason yes. they they are still being looked up online I know all those views on YouTube aren't because people went oh I want to hear what Chris Rice is singing that's because they're looking up how great thou art and yes. that's the one that bubbles up to the top that's right so th- it's not my name recognition it's they're looking for for that, it for may be a songs. little bit of both, but I, I appreciate I, your. I humility. say a little bit, but I, when I say, but I really do think it's five percent mm. name recognition. Yeah. I really think there's no other. If they were, they were looking for more or looking for me, then my other songs would be sure would have that many sure. views and streams. Yeah. But they don't, so I know they're looking. They're not looking for me. Yeah. They're looking for something else. Yeah, and so I'm fine with that, and I actually love that because I think 
most of these hymns were written. Some some written by theologians. I'm literally. Look up the track list, by the way. Keep talking. Okay, theologians who were preserving truth for churches full of people who a lot of them were illiterate, mm. and if they sing the song over and over again, then they're going to get truth embedded in their souls. You know, like. There was a different mentality about and, and reason behind and drive to write hymns yeah. than there was to write contemporary Christian music. Yeah. You know, they weren't trying to be on the radio. They weren't trying to sell records. They were trying to serve help, their people. Ha- yeah, help yeah. this congregation um, grow and and have truth to hold on to. And so when I look through the hymns and choose which ones to record, I'm thinking, what are the what are the ones that have something? Yeah, did say. you just get to pick which mm-hmm. went on here? I oh. did, except for Untitled Hymn, my own song. They yeah. asked me to do that one because they wanted that to be the title of the yeah. record. Yeah. Because then when people look up that song, which is popular, they, they, would, the they would find the whole record. That's smart. So it was a good marketing move on their part, and yeah. I agreed to do it. It was yeah. great to do another version of it, so I did another, another version of that song. Yeah. And then they asked me if I would write one more hymn-like song, just kind of an, an original, and I had already done that. Yeah, so which like, one is it? Too much I love. Too much I love. Yeah, which, I love that you did Ferris, Lord Jesus. I love that. Song. Such a great song. That's a they're great all song. man. Every one of those. Do you have a favorite <laughs> one on here that you're like, I can't. I'm someday when I die, I, would I will say, have once recorded and sang this song. Um, it's very dramatic, I know. Okay, no, I got to see the list now. Okay, no. Um, Can you see? You don't have your glasses. You do have your glasses. <laughs> one of them is uh, there is a fountain. Yeah. Uh huh. And. When I survey the wonders cross, those yeah. those two for me, the way the recordings turned out, are just they. I mean, I love them. Yeah. I just love how that turned yeah. out. But they just say again that that whole uh, or my mind and soul go with. There's a fountain. Yeah, it's a very poetic but kind of brutal. There's a fountain filled with blood. Yeah, I mean, what song starts with those words? There's a fountain right. filled with blood. Like what? Yeah, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. And that's such a, to me, it's like turns into like the most brutal thing turns into me, something for me to celebrate about. All of my guilty stains are gone. And it's really poetic. It's using a fountain as a metaphor and blood as, you know, it's, that's the way I like to think in metaphors and creative ways and stuff. And so that song, that hymn does it so well. And I, I love that. And then just the way... When I survey the wondrous cross, I just love how that one turned out musically. Mm, it, okay. To to me, like yeah. it has very. I mean, it says amazing things. Yeah. Were the whole realm of nature mine? That were present far too small. small. Love yeah. so amazing, so divine demands my soul, my life, my all. So yeah. those are important things to say for sure. Um, but I just love like the approach I took yeah. on the piano and on the vocals and stuff, and it just turned out really, really cool. I'm so grateful that you did another hymns album because I I love the first one, and if I ever have kids, I just th- I just think these songs we don't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. I I love the new worship music that people are creating. I think God's doing a new thing in our world with worship music, but I don't want to lose these songs that my grandparents sang mm-hmm. and that their grandparents may have sung, and we've said the same words over and over. Right. And so I'm just really thankful that you did that for us again. Well, I think it's important to uh, as well because I think there's something to that like you said our grandparents and our yes. great grandparents were singing these same songs. You think about just that foundation of our faith from generations back right. and just the church. Right. Like there's some thread in the hymns as they stay if we mm. keep them in there there's a thread of something that connects us with saints of old. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know. The cloud of witnesses thing, mm-hmm. right? Well, Chris, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. I know it. that it is. Well, I um, I feel really honored to be your friend first, but also that you would well, do this. likewise, because it's well. been fun watching your whole thing take off well, and watching kind. you soar into this and, and carry it so well. well so, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you blessed. you were, you've been there I rem- from I rem- the beginning. I really. remember seeing you in a coffee shop and, and I walked up and you had tears in your eyes. Really? <laughs> and I thought, what's going on? And so I just said, hey. And you said, yeah, I'm, I've just got some news about the, the book or something. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I'm just kind of not sure about deadlines and stuff. And yeah. you were tearing up. And I was like, well, 
and I, just, I think I just rested my hand you like, did. on your shoulder and just said, you exactly did. here's a hug, sort of. That's right. That's <laughs> well, that, exactly what you well, did. Well, that helped. <laughs> that's exactly what you did. You put your hands on my shoulder. Yeah. I said, well, that's that exactly helped. exactly right. Like, yeah. And I was but like, I remember those days and just all this stuff just kind of like wow. opening up and, and well done, you. Well, no, the Lord, we're the fun. Lord. I mean, if, if ever I'm just someone who's gotten to walk on the ground, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm just getting to walk <laughs> on the ground. He has yeah. done all the work. Our last question that we always ask. Mm-hmm. Because the show's called That Sounds Fun, oh. Chris Rice, what do you do for fun? Oh, I've already answered that question. Yeah, I know, but you got to <laughs> say it again. <laughs> it is. Or give rock. us a version. It's absolutely rock climbing. Really? That's yes. it? That's your fun? Camping and rock, just being outdoors yeah. in the woods, and then the whole rock climbing thing has Favorite just... climb you've ever done? Oh, I just was out in, uh, three weeks ago, out in Joshua Tree in <gasps> oh, Southern yeah. California, yeah. out in the desert, and it's just a beautiful... Beautiful, like weird, otherworldly kind of. Am I on another planet? Am I yeah. underwater? Am I on a different continent? Where am I? But just a beautiful desert with piles and piles and piles of like mountainous boulders that mm. just some of them were just blast to climb. Yeah. And just being in that terrain with friends that I've climbed with over the years that were kind of scattered around the country and we decided all. And I just there. met up in Joshua Tree. Yes. Oh, right. And That's so brilliant. It was a blast. So I'd say climbing is my thing yeah. and loving my neighborhood now. That, that's so you much are the fun. Guy. We can so always much get to fun see to me to yeah. actually, for the first time in my adult life, walk out my door and walk a mile in either direction and just keep bumping into friends and people yeah. I love. And it's, I love it. Yeah. I, love I love seeing you there. Yeah. I'm really glad we're friends. You're stuck with me, me for the too. long haul, well, buddy. I don't mind that a bit. Okay, good. <laughs> Oh, you guys, isn't he the best? I just adore him. I am just beyond happy that he made time to be on the show today to tell us about what has been going on in his life and all about this new album, Untitled Him, a collection of hymns. If you are looking for some music to have playing in the background of your life, to listen to while you're driving, or just to have floating around your house while you're having a day, uh, this is the album for that. So make sure you grab a copy. He's just one of the best. And his art, all of his stuff that he is working on that is so good, you can find on his website. And you can follow him on Twitter. I'm not sure he's on Instagram, but he is on Twitter. (laughs) So you can follow him there. If you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs. F today is in fine art because Chris does some incredibly good fine art. Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Anywhere you can need me, that is how you can find me. Hey, and if you get a chance, if you could rate and review the show, it really, really helps. It really makes a way for people to find the show that didn't know it already existed and for it to pop up for people who may need to run into some kind friends. So that would mean a lot. And if you have any friends that you know love Chris Rice like I do, go ahead and share the show with them. That would be really fun. And I think they would love to hear how he's been spending his time the last couple of years and what he is up to now. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And we'll see you guys back here on Monday.